Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Powerslam Podcast here on Patreon a day early or whatever you get your podcast on Friday. My name is Kenny, his name is Finn. Finn, we were just setting the worlds tonight before we record, as we usually do, to kind of get his, is there a little cardio warm-up for this podcast? <laughs> that's that, that's that little warm-up. That's <laughs> it, we're warmed up, we're ready to go, Kenny. What's we- been going on since we last spoke? Well, there's been lots going on, um, but yeah, I want to dive into a few things. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about was because last week, obviously, I think it was on the Overrun. I can't remember. It was one of the, either the Power Slam podcast or the Overrun, we talked about the collision ratings from last week and how they'd obviously not been very good. Um, so the collision ratings came out for this past Saturday's show, and the it was 580,000 viewers, uh, which was, I think, up from 4.50 the week before. 4.52 the week Four, before. 4.52. Um, and obviously it was headlined by Punk and Joe. So, I mean, it's kind of almost similar to what they were doing in week two. Um, would you say that that's... Uh, is that a decent result for what potentially could have happened? Or is it still not enough for a Saturday night? Like, where would you kind of... Where would you put your flag in terms of how that result looks for them? I mean... I mean, week one, eight eight hundred sixteen thousand. Week two, five nine five. Week three, four five two. Week four, five eighty. So it seems like it's going to be, you know, it's going to have settled around about five fifty five sixty mark. I would say yeah, that's probably so. what they're going to be expecting to draw most weeks. Um, I mean, the Punk Samoa Joe match was a big match. 
So I don't know whether they're disappointed by these numbers or not. It's weird because, you know, years ago, you know, WCW Saturday Night was a thing before Nitro launched. WCW Saturday Night was their big show before Nitro arrived in 95. So Saturday Night and obviously Saturday Night's main event as well. So years ago, decades ago now, um, Saturday Night seemed to be the night for pro wrestling. But I just, it isn't anymore, is it? I mean, remember when they brought... Saturday night's main event, main event back just before WrestleMania 22. And it, yes. it stacked the show, didn't they? They had that yep. match between Shawn Michaels and Shane. Shane McMahon, you know, the ladder match. And it was just like there was Steve Austin and JBL in a beer drinking contest. And it was just like almost a pay-per-view level TV show. And they were bitterly disappointed with the rating it drew, weren't they? Do you remember that, Kenny? I do, yeah. It's why I was talking to uh, my half about this recently because they, if you remember, they had that really big set that they made for the return, which is like a massive Saturday night's main event set. And then when it came back again later in the year, I think in the July, because this was the March, the first one, um, they just taped it like after SmackDown with no set. <laughs> and I think it's because back when, I mean, you were watching some Saturday night's main events in real time. I wasn't, but I mean, well, yeah, when they were shown on Sky or yeah. cable or whatever it was, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the sale of Saturday Night's main event was you didn't get any other weekly TV shows that had, you know, name versus name all the time. Correct. Absolutely right. Yeah, they they were an event with Saturday Night's main events. You know, they were huge with different graphics and, yeah. you know, like star interviews and the whole way they were filmed as well just seemed big time. You know, there was Which a is like, departure is... between, you know, superstars or challenge or whatever yeah. and Saturday Night's main event. You know, they were definitely on a pedestal. And, and, you know, to, to your point, I mean, Collision have actually taken a nod from Saturday Night's Main Event with the opening videos that they do every week, which is obviously from Saturday Night's Main Event. They, they, that was their staple. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I think I think 550, is going to kind of be the average. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they do up against a WWE pay-per-view. So SummerSlam will be the next one, August 5th. It'll be interesting to see what their numbers are for that because SummerSlam's a pretty big show. So that's yeah. probably going to be a good indicator of, like, what they can expect to get, you know, against the WWE pay per view because obviously the one, uh, the one on July first was uh, actually came after the WWE pay per view, which had been on early in the day. So yes. it'll be interesting to see. Um, elsewhere though, I wanted to ask you about, and there's a report from Fightful Select yesterday that Warner Brothers would like AEW to increase their pay per view output. Um, there's rumours of would they do a, you know 12 pay-per-views a year do one a month would they because at the moment they've got five we should mention. yeah um and so would they go from five to nine nine to twelve i mean obviously it's, it's a, i think it's one of those things where it might be a tough ask for the general person to to follow you know an AEW pay-per-view every month and a WWE pay-per-view every month you might find people choosing what one that they want to go for but um, in terms of AEW, do you think increasing their pay-per-view model would be better for them, worse for them in terms of the product? Um, I mean, I think they're putting out too much product as it is. You know, I mean, Dynamite last week actually bounced back to 855,000 last Wednesday. Um, so, I mean, they're putting out a lot of product. I mean, I think, you know, let's just see how they cope with this over the long haul. Because, I mean, it's still early days yet. There's only been four episodes of Collision so far. Um, I mean, doing more pay-per-views. I mean, they could do it. I mean, 
it's like, can they cope with it over the long haul, Kenny? You know, I mean, I imagine right now the, you know, increased schedule, the weight of it hasn't really been felt yet by the people who are running AEW and give it another like four to six weeks and it's going to show. I think the cracks are going to start showing. If you then add a monthly four-hour event, because it's always four hours plus, isn't it, for an AEW pay-per-view, that's another massive show they've got to promote. Um, I think it would be too much. I mean, it's up to them. I mean, they seem to just want to take on as much as possible. Um, I mean, we saw what happened with WCW and Thunder at the beginning. Yay, this is brilliant. Look at these numbers. You know, there's huge appetite for WCW programming at that point as well. But in, in time, Thunder ended up being a massive miscue. Eric Bischoff has admitted that it was. It was something that was basically forced upon WCW because, you know, Time Warner wanted another show. They didn't want to produce another show each week because they knew it was going to stretch them creatively, you know, and, and in terms of actual, you know, manpower putting the shows out there. So, I mean, I would I would caution against further events. I mean, look at what's coming up at the end of next month, Kenny. We've got all in London and then the following weekend all out. I mean, that's going to be a hectic eight days for AEW, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be very... I, I mean, in some ways, I understand why they would do it because when WWF and WCW both increased their pay-per-view output in 95, you know, they didn't do any worse by doing it, but... I, at the same time, I think with AEW, it's one of the things where they're they're ad, they're potentially going to be adding pay per views right after adding a second show, or yeah. I guess a third show. Um, I think in some ways it will be good for them that you know now it's like if they are doing a storyline, there's a pay per view coming up. They don't need to do this kind of long drawn out thing that they might not want to do. But I do worry for just general people. I mean, if you're somebody who watches WWE and AEW. I feel like you're already at real capacity in terms of what you can <laughs> yeah. watch. Like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, we do it as a job and we're at capacity to to do it. You know, like it's it's a there's only so much time. You know, you do you do the magazine stuff um, and obviously some podcasting. I do loads of podcasting, and it's like to add in another pay per view. It's a lot. Of, it would be a lot of extra time. I mean, you know, the stuff that we just don't really cover because. There's just not time. There's not time to go into all the different stuff. We've said this before. You know, there's, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure if there wasn't as much stuff on, we would probably review an impact pay per view one day. Go, do you know what? They're, they're doing quite good stuff. Let's go and watch what they're doing. But so much other stuff on that you just don't get to it. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Well, I mean, Slammiversary is coming up, isn't it? Um, actually, uh, this weekend. This weekend. That's it. So I'm sure we'll, we will probably give it a mention. Probably next week, probably watch one of the top matches, probably watch the main event. Alex Shelley, Nick Aldous, I believe, is the title match main event there. So, um, yeah, you know, we'll probably give that a mention. But you are right. It's like it's another show. It's more product. There's only a certain amount of hours in the day and you've got to actually do work, work as well. And fitting everything in is quite tricky. Um, I mean, there's some really good product out there. I think NXT has been really good lately. Um, enjoyed, you know, Judgment Day dropped into NXT this week. And I think Baron Corbin's actually been really effective there in his run. He's changing his gimmick. He's on this voyage of self-discovery. So things are happening with him. And like when you take somebody who's, you know, a marginal sort of minor player on the main roster, 
<clears throat> you transplant them to NXT, they suddenly do feel bigger and more interesting there and have more TV time. And it is, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, what they do with someone who doesn't really get any TV time on the main roster, but does in NXT. And they seem, you know, more of an intriguing character and someone who's actually worth watching there. Whereas on the main roster, Corbin doesn't feel like he is. Yeah. So, yeah, there's lots of stuff we don't cover that is really good. Um, but, you know, that's the way it is, isn't it? You can't fit everything in. No. And it, but, I mean, it is that thing where if there's an AEW pay-per-view a month, you know, we're, we're probably not going to be able to cover everything all the time. So, you know, there's going to be things where, okay, you know, here Sondra and I talk about this pay-per-view, or here Robert and I talk about that pay-per-view in Patreon. There's just so much stuff. So I, I, I just think it would be overkill. I think it'd be oversaturation. I think they're at that point now. Um, well, because also if you live in America, it's it is fifty dollars for an AEW pay per view. Yeah, it's which, a lot of money. Isn't it? I mean, look, fair play to them; they get the money. But I think it's different where you can ask people to pay fifty dollars five times a year. Are people going to pay it twelve times a year? Because it's not. Because how much was in in your house was nineteen ninety five, and then the and then I think it, did it start off at fourteen ninety five? Yes. Yeah. I think it was half because it was twenty nine ninety five or twenty nine ninety nine for a regular three hour event. Yeah, in your houses were two hour events, and I believe they were half half the price. I think they were fourteen ninety five or nineteen ninety nine, and you're fourteen nineteen ninety five, whatever it was. And then they extended them, didn't they, to three hours in was it Ground Zero? I think it was the first one, September yes, ninety seven. I believe it was the first three hour one, and they bumped the price up to twenty nine or to thirty dollars, basically. And um, and that was seen as a turning point for WWF because they were bringing in more money and they were treating the Enya houses like proper pay-per-views that you had to see. And, you know, that was the drawback to the Enya house model is that at first, like, oh, yeah, let's give this, um, you know, we'll give this a watch. And then people cottoned on to the fact that they were kind of missable and only the real diehards were buying them. Um, and... You know, there is also the psychology of pricing, isn't there? And if something is cheap, there are times where people think, well, it's not really, if it was worth the money, if it was worth watching, they'd be, they'd be charging me 30, but they're charging 15 or 20. So it's probably missable. So I'm not going to order that show. And it's a weird, it's a weird psychology, isn't it? It's like with ticket pricing, isn't it? If something is really cheap, you think, oh, we'll sell loads of tickets. But it doesn't always work like that, that way, does it, Kenny? Because... If it's more expensive, people think it's more desirable, don't they? Yeah, which is which. I mean, I guess that is. Yeah, they do think it's more desirable. But I mean, now I don't know the exact prices. I'm sure that for the HD version of some AEW pay-per-views, it's maybe fifty-five, sixty dollars. I'm not sure, but I mean, it's a lot of money. And I've heard a lot of people say that Bleacher Report, who are the people that do the US pay-per-views, are really bad. Like they're it's like so. See, say for example, a pay-per-view starts at eight p.m. and you get in at half eight because you've been out and you want to watch it on a half-hour delay. That that's quite a tricky thing to do on that app. It's quite it's it's a bit uh, fiddly, and you can end up you can end up losing your place, or you end up having to. And then sometimes the the replay doesn't go on straight away, so you have to wait a while to watch it. So, um, yeah, but we'll we'll see how it all it all pans out. Um, for AEW on those, um, I do want to ask you about some old timers, Finn, who've got. Uh, thoughts on younger talent and I thought we could get your take on both of those uh, the <laughs> un- <laughs> there's one that you uh, I think you'll be quite happy about and there's all right, well there's one that I think you'll find constructive and there's another one that I think you'll probably roll your eyes at so The Undertaker was talking to Metro UK recently um, around the time of Money in the Bank 
and he had some thoughts about Bray Wyatt. So here's what he had to say. He, he basically said that he thinks that, uh, he said, they need to back Bray's character up to the original character, get away from uh, what it is now. They've kind of got themselves booked into a situation which is kind of difficult for him to have matches. I think the original Wyatt family, Bray, that's the money. Um, he says, I got to work with Bray at Mania the year after I got concussed in the Brock match. I worked with Bray, I think a lot of them. I like what he's doing. I think they just have to figure out how to... And then he says, they need to back up, I think. So Undertaker is calling for him to be made into the original Bray Wyatt again, which was, I guess, his most successful period as a wrestler because he was able to have matches. But if, if Bray Wyatt has to be around Finn, uh, do you think going back to the original <laughs> Bray? I, I preface that because I know you'd just rather not see him, but do you think if he has to be around, would be put him back to the original Bray Wyatt? Is that something that you think would work better in terms of him having matches? Yeah, I mean, if The Undertaker was such a fan of his, then why did he basically hammer him at WrestleMania that year? You know what I mean? Hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> that would have been 2015, wouldn't it? Yeah, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. So he came back and, you know, his pride was short. You know, his self-esteem was in pieces he needed a dustpan and brush to sweep it all up and put it back together (laughs) his aura has gone because he'd been defeated at wrestlemania in a rather underwhelming match and um and then poor bray was the man who uh had to uh help rebuild the undertaker's um you know self-respect i mean it's hard to know really what to do with bray wyatt at this point i mean I thought he was great at first. I remember I put him on the penultimate issue of Power Slam. Great cover shot. And the headline read, The Brilliance of Bray Wyatt. Do you remember that one, Kenny? I do. I do. Because that was the the issue where you had the the little blurb inside telling us the next issue would be the last one. Um, no, no, no. That was, that, was that, no, that was that the, the next following one? issue. I just, I just sprung it on you in issue 237. There was no forewarning. <laughs> I do. I do remember it was that over. cover. This is it. Yeah, it uh, was yeah. a great cover of Wyatt. It's actually a, a really. I, I really thought it was one of the best issues I put out in a very long time. Two, three, six, and I was a fan of. You know, I think I called the article "Method to His Madness" or something like that. And I was a fan of that version of Wyatt. I thought it was really good as well. Um, but it was what happened next, and it's like he lost his way, and then, you know, he was he ran into John Cena. And Wyatt ended up in the Cena graveyard. I mean, that was he. I mean, that was just. I mean, that was a kick in the nuts, wasn't it? From Cena. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to two dollars a manicure, which. Is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Absolute kick in the nuts. And I think that really damaged Wyatt. And it was difficult for him to really recover from that. Then he ran into The Undertaker in 2015. You know, and that was that was really just, that was really bad. I mean, the, Undertaker, really... the Undertaker didn't even turn up for the build to the match. It was wide no, in the whole build. And then Undertaker came out looking rubbish. And then yeah. I know, I know why it had the ankle injury, but still, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a nothing match. Absolutely. Nothing. I mean, at that point, it was to me, it was over for Wyatt as a threat, as a force, as a menace, as someone you could really believe in. And I don't think he was somebody who really knew how to get himself over and really rebuild himself after a loss. I don't think that was anything he ever, that was something he ever mastered. And admittedly, a lot of people can't do that. I think it's a really difficult, it's a real art to that. Brock Lesnar is someone who can do it. Um, but Wyatt couldn't. And I think it was just he was on a you know downward spiral from that point onwards. I think enough time has elapsed that you could probably bring him back as a, as that character or a version of it. He definitely needs to get away from all the, the segments backstage as, as much fun as they are. It's just, you know, that character, that ship sailed. People, I don't believe anyone wants to see it again. I mean, I know I don't. It never it never um, it, it never means anything when he does these segments. And it's funny because, like, you, you know, the idea of like looking, you know, looking good in loss and a loss or whatever. It's, I think the problem for him is he never like the matches you've just listed. He never got any big wins. He beat Kane at SummerSlam 2013, I think it was. Yes, he did. Um, which was a good start for him because you know, he's beaten Kane. You know that, that he's on the SN, and then you know it was one of those things where when he worked with Cena, he did win one of the matches, but it it never felt like he won anything. Over over Cena, um, yeah, no. and, the other. and if you can't beat any of the top guys, then it just gives the audience the impression that you're not a top guy. So exactly, um, but That's yeah, it. it just. I mean, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him come back as as something else, just an in ring character who just does promos in the ring. None of that silliness. None of the videos. None of the puppets. I mean, it was fun while it lasted but it was not conducive to having good matches. It just made everything problematic, didn't it? Yeah. So uh, it just got in, as Undertaker was right, it just got in the way. It just prevented him from being a wrestler. He was just a backstage sort of cartoon character, really, who was just, you know, there to amuse people as much as anything rather than when he got in the ring, it just didn't make any sense. It just didn't translate, did it? No, not at all. Uh, well, speaking of old timers who've got some comments, Kevin Nash came under fire recently, Finn, for some comments he made about LA Knight, where he had said that uh, LA Knight was just doing the Rock and Austin parody. Um, and I think some people had kind of criticized him about that. So, and he, this is what Nash said in response. He said, There's so many people that agree that LA Knight is doing the Rock and Austin thing. I mean, the guy's been in the business for like 10 years. I mean, why didn't he get over anywhere else? And then he was asked about, you know, because he said he hadn't watched any of his work. Um, And he said, you know, all I know is when I was asked to pick somebody, (laughs) 
I mean, or, or, that, can I just stop you there, Kenny? Now she's putting in his customary amount of preparation <laughs> and work before he recorded this podcast or did this interview or wherever he said these comments. On his podcast, yeah. It was quite yeah I talk podcast. about going idle and work shy. So he goes on to say, all I know is when I was asked to pick somebody for Money in the Bank, I said Damien Priest, and lo and behold, who won Money in the Bank? I guess I'm not as out of it as it appears. And then he goes on to say, so I say to myself, all right, <laughs> I've taken the backlash of talking about this guy impersonating The Rock. And I said, let me watch him. I watched for three fucking hours. He's not on the show. I swear, Seth freaking Rollins wrestled 13 times. Damien Priest was on at 11. Like, they had so many people that made four and five appearances. And this guy that's super over isn't on the show. Because he's on SmackDown. He's not on Raw. <laughs> um but Kevin Nash seems to have a think that LA Knight um is not got star quality and uh, you know why didn't he get over anywhere else? So I mean, what what are your thoughts then on Mister Nash's comments? I mean Nash's research pathetic. I mean Nash is a guy. I think he put about as much effort you know into the you know to preparing to make for that statement for that review of LA Knight as he did when he was booking WCW back in 2000. Guy's a joke. I mean, I can't take Nash seriously. I just can't. I have no idea what his purpose is. And I have no idea what he's brought to wrestling for the last 20 years. And the guy's just taken from wrestling. He's given nothing to the business in decades. And now he's running down LA night. And there he is knocking a guy. Oh, he didn't get over. What about Nash when he was in WCW? Was he over? The only reason he got over was because he put in with Shawn Michaels in WWF. And like, you know, I think he, when he was WWF champion, people say, oh, he was the worst drawing champion ever. I'm not sure. I, I imagine that is true. I mean, I don't know for a fact that it is, but I mean, that was a tough time for anyone to draw. Late 94, 95. So I'm not really pointing the finger at him for failing as champ, because I don't think anyone was going to succeed as champ during that period. But, I mean, Nash is a guy who, you know, yeah, the NWO was great and he was really over in WCW from 96 through to 98. But what the hell's he done since? You know, I mean, we just had to sit through those matches he had with Triple H, didn't we, Kenny? And he's mocking another guy for not getting over or not being a star or being derivative and not being original. It's like, take a look in the mirror, mate. You know, what did you really do? Or what, okay, you were really <laughs> over for a while, but what have you really done in the last 25 years? I mean, and now you're running this guy down. He's doing so well. And he's in his early 40s and this is his moment. He was definitely over in TNA. You know, okay, it was a small company, but he got himself over there. You know, he did well in NWA Power. Again, very small company. Um, he was really over in NXT, again, you know, developmental league. But, I mean, he was a heel, got over as a heel. People wanted him to turn face. He turned face. People loved him. Came into WWE on the main roster. They gave him this, you know, bizarre Max Dupree gimmick, which would have killed a lesser talent. You know, he survived that. You know, he made the best of it. You know, they rebranded him. He reverted to LA Knights. You know, he made the best of the Bray Wyatt feud, you know, was just absolutely humbled and humiliated in that catastrophic match at Royal Rumble. Worst match in years. 
you know, two months later, he was over again. And now he's doing really well. He's just turned face. He didn't win money in the bank. Okay. But I think in some ways that might have been a blessing in disguise. And I think, you know, the company believes in him. I think he, I'm convinced that he believes in himself. And I reckon he's going to rub this in Kevin Nash's face and he's going to do great for the rest of the year. So go get him, LA Knight, and stick it to Kevin Nash. <laughs> I mean, uh, also, he's not, he's like the fourth biggest merchandise seller right now, with, and he's not on TV that much. So it just tells you what he could do if he was on TV more. So um, Exactly. I mean, I watched that short segment uh, with Hit Row from the yep. uh, MSG SmackDown taping last Friday, and, you know, it was it was really a nothing segment. He you know, was out there very briefly. People loved him. And, um, I mean, as far as ripping off Austin and The Rock, I mean, I don't really see that many similarities there. I mean, there's crowd interaction, but, I mean, lots of people have interacted with the crowd. And if someone interacts with the crowd, it's like, oh, they're ripping off Austin and The Rock. I don't think there's really that many similarities between them. I think it's a different character, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, but you know, everybody rips off everybody to an extent in terms of like, yeah. the, there's, you know, like MGF, you go, well, MGF's trying to be Roddy Piper or Ric Flair. No, but he's, yeah, I guess, but he's he's MGF. It's like, you can't, nobody's going to be able to not have any influences of anything they've ever seen before. But, you know, he's, his catchphrase, he, is he is he like The Rock because he's got a catchphrase? I mean, is that the, is that the reason? I mean, to me, he's someone who, I, 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 if you really look, I guess you can see, well, yeah, it looks like he maybe watched Rock and Austin when he was younger, but I don't really see comparisons that are are hard enough for you to say he's a knockoff or a parody or anything like that. Um, no, so- I, I think his ring style is, is uniquely his own. I mean, he does his own moves. He's got his own, you know, style. He's got his own routine worked out, which he does very well. I mean, he's in tremendous shape. Um, you know, amazing cardio. I mean, really confident in the ring. You can see he doesn't do anything that doesn't make sense. Everything he does looks rock solid and believable. Mm-hmm. So I think the style is, you know, completely different from the Rock and Austin style. And the only similarities you could say were that, yeah, he's very confident in the mic and he gets the crowd to chant along with him. But many other people have done that. So maybe I don't maybe. know what the hell Kevin Nash is on about, Kenny, to be honest with you. Maybe he's angling for that big return. LA Knight versus Kevin Nash. <laughs> Live. <laughs> well, if Kevin Nash comes back, Kenny, I won't be watching. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I don't think Nash has... Let me just see. When was the last time Kevin Nash had a match? I'm sure he, he must be retired now. Yeah, let me see if he's had one recently. The last match Kevin Nash had was... 2018. So he's not wrestled since 2018. No. So we can hopefully rest easy knowing that he has not. I th- yeah, I think we can. I don't think there's going to be another comeback. And nor should there be. So, you know, Kevin Nash is entitled to his opinion, but I would. But there again, it doesn't feel to me like Kevin Nash has really researched that opinion very deeply. Well, because he then said, you know, oh, I, I, just, I decided to go and watch him. So I've watched Monday Night Raw. Well, he's not on Monday Night Raw. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. granted. Last week he wasn't on SmackDown, but like the point is, he's you're watching a show he's not on, expecting him to be on it. Exactly. I mean, just I mean to me, he just looked foolish by making those statements. Also, he's not on the pro. He's not on a show that he's not. He's not part of that show. So why? 
also, it's not going to be on the show, is it? It's like saying I watched AEW and LA Knight wasn't on it. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but it, no, but it's like if if you said to me, right, Kenny, I, you know, uh, Tony D'Angelo in NXT, for example, say you were to be like, oh, you're Tony yeah. D'Angelo. I've not really seen. I've, say I've not really seen a lot of what he, I've not seen a lot of what he's done. So that would be a true thing. But say you were to be, oh, you need you need to check some of them out. He's really good. And I in my mind, I was like, oh, I, I think he just seems like a a mafia knockoff. And I was like, okay, I'll go and watch some of his stuff. I would go to YouTube and I would type in Tony D'Angelo and watch some of the stuff that's on there of him. I wouldn't yeah. be like, I'll turn on SmackDown, wait for him to turn up. Ah, Kevin Nash. Yeah, I mean, I remember just finally on this note, uh-huh. when he was Eli Drake and he did this segment called uh, Fact That's Just a Fact of Life when he was in TNA. And he was out there on his own with the dummy button. Dummy, yeah. And he was kept pressing this button. And I thought, this guy's out on his own. And, you know, this was a time, or there's been many times, obviously, in TNA Impact Wrestling history in recent years when things have been difficult and the audience haven't been particularly enthused for the product or the characters. And he was out there on his own for a long time. And he made this segment, he made the segment work. And he was just out there talking. He just kept talking and it got over. And you're like, wow. And I knew at that point that he really had something because he was able to make he was based basically turn this nothing segment into an entertaining you know part of the show and um you know there's a lot of people who would have just died a brutal death in that position and he was just out there and he kept going and it worked i thought this guy's got something i've been a fan of his ever since and okay i'm biased in the other direction to kevin nash obviously Uh but i mean i really you know i feel like this guy has really worked for this spot, you know, and I've said and written how, you know, upset I was when he was treated in the way he was at Royal Rumble. And I really hope that what Paul Levesque said at the Money in the Bank press conference comes true and that, you know, good things come to those who wait and that his rise is just beginning. I really hope that what Levesque said, you know, was accurate and, you know, good things do come LA Knight's way for the remainder of 2023 and beyond. Yeah, fingers crossed he is on SmackDown this Friday with what I hope, and I know you've echoed it as well this week, I really hope that we are going to see the beginning of an LA Knight-Austin Theory feud for SummerSlam. That's what I want to see. So hopefully we get a beginning of something like that on Friday. So, we, or tomorrow. We'll report back next week, though. Um, but that is all the time we've got today for the PowerSlam podcast. We'll be doing an overrun. Uh, we'll be talking a couple more topics, like Seth Rollins talking about the World Heavyweight title, Brian Pillman Jr. leaving AEW, and some questions that you guys have sent in that we'll be tackling as well. So, patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes is the best way to find us over there. You can get the Patreon app on any phone that you've got, Android, Android or Apple. And uh, you can just have that app and download the content pretty easily. Listen to it on your phone as you go. Have it downloaded offline if you're on a flight or a train well, or a, or a bus, whatever mode of transport you take. But anyway, um, yes. And That's then... probably not. Probably not a late bus in Glasgow at the moment, Kenny. <laughs> no, probably not a late bus. Unless, unless the, 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 the pub staff have been re- recalibrated to uh, drive the buses. <laughs> which is the latest novel idea from the head of First Bus Glasgow. He should be fired for that comment alone. Stupidity. Can <laughs> uh, you imagine just like, oh, you know, we're, we're closing all the night buses, but maybe people who people who work in the pub can just drive themselves home on the bus. 
Well, exactly. They've, you know, they've just done a 12 hour shift. I mean, fine. You know, they can just drive for a few more hours. Why not? Yeah. And also, here's an, if you think if you think this through even more, where do they park in the bus? If they're driving themselves home? That's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, then they've got to get from wherever it is to the bus station, which could be like a mile and a half or something. Yeah, yeah it's, he hasn't really thought that one through, has he? No, maybe maybe he shouldn't have went to the Herald to give that as an exclusive before he ran it by a couple of people. Um, anyway, uh, also obviously uh, issue 35, Vincent Rose magazine will be out two weeks today, which is Thursday the 27th of July. And pre-order that insideropesmagazine.com so Finn I know we're going to record the overrun but I hope that you enjoy a lovely weekend free of the shackles of work and get to enjoy yourself yes yes I'm heading up to the lake so I'm really looking forward to that and um, yes I shall report back on Tuesday Kenny excellent well listen we want to thank you for all your support everybody and we'll talk to you soon deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.